0: I was just talking to him on the way home saying, I don't know, I don't know, are you real? Will you show me you're real?
1: And it's like, he
0: did what I couldn't do.
1: This is The Unseen Story, first-hand accounts that reveal God's love and power in the lives of his children. What God has done for our storytellers, he lives to do for you. The Unseen Story is a nonprofit that relies on financial support from listeners like you. Please visit our website, theunseenstory.org, to find out how you can partner with us today. Many of us are familiar with trials in our lives. We share today's story to encourage your heart and provide hope. God can redeem even the most tragic of circumstances. Today, Kathy shares God's redemption. In her two part story, Offensive Forgiveness.
0: I'm Kathy, and I was raised in a violent alcoholic home. I grew up witnessing my mother being beaten quite frequently. She had broken ribs and bruised constantly, black eyes. I was beaten with the buckle end of a belt. My siblings were also abused, and my dad was just broken and had a rage inside of him. I grew up feeling unloved and worthless, and even as a child, thinking, why am I here, and I don't want to live, and really struggled with suicidality and thinking that a lot, but yet I'd see a fuzzy kitten or a beautiful sunrise or, you know, look at my little sisters. They were 8 and 10 years younger than me when they were born and just look at their teen, 90 little fingernails and think, there has to be someone or something greater that created all this beauty. When I got to junior high, girlfriend invited me to a Bible study at her youth group, and I heard the gospel for the first time. And I heard Jesus Christ, God's son, he wants a relationship. He doesn't want you to, you can't be good enough. You can't do enough to earn God's favor. He loves you already and has a plan. your life and I really struggled believing what he was saying because I thought people have told me they love me but I don't believe it you know I'm unlovable and I looked around the room and I thought well it's probably true for all of them but not true for me and then right as I was thinking that the youth pastor was like and he wants a relationship with you and you and he was pointing around the room and pointed at me and it was like I've I've sensed God you know just saying come to me so I told my friend that had taken me there I said I'm gonna walk home this was only a few blocks from my house because I had to think about what was being said But I felt like my chest was going to burst open. You know, it was just so full of what was happening. You know how the Bible talks about God's knocking on the door of our heart? I literally felt a pounding on my heart. Like, I wanted so much to believe you. And I said, I don't know if you're real, but I want to believe this. And it was like I could feel this light. I could feel this peace. I think I got a glimpse of heaven. I think I got just a touch of what we might experience one day when we're face to face. I don't know how to explain it, but I don't think I would have believed if he hadn't done that for me. I think that's what I needed because I was just talking to him on the way home saying, I don't know. I don't know. Are you real? Will you show me you're real? And it's like he he did it. He did what I couldn't do. And I was so afraid that if I didn't get home soon, I was going to get in trouble. But I was so excited and went home and told my mother. And, and then for months, I prayed and prayed about saying the same thing to my dad. He was not a believer. And I wanted him to know what I had found. I chose a morning. He hadn't been drinking yet. I tried the best I could to share what I'd heard and spent 15 minutes telling my dad that you know how God saved me and what happened and that he's real and he just patted me on the knee and just said well I'm glad you found something to believe in but for most people religion is a crutch and you know it's it's just great for you and he just walked away and And I think because of my new life in Christ, it got harder and harder to see the destruction, to see the violence. And so um, life went on. I met my husband at 16. He was in college and I was in high school. We started dating exclusively. He had become a believer, too, through another friend. So we both had become believers, but we didn't really know how to live for God and or how to trust him. And so we were a mess from the start, <laughs> uh, just living life our own way. But we got married. I was 20 and he was 23. We had two children, 13 months apart, a daughter and a son, precious gifts and then when they were very young, about I was 27 at this point, this is when God really got my attention and showed me that I was doing things my own way. I'd been drinking a lot. My husband was worried. He traveled all week, every week. And I woke up this one morning with a hangover. It was a Monday morning, and he had left town for the week, We had had an argument the night before, just woke up in this angry, bitter place, and back to my old way of thinking, no one could really love me, now that he knows me, he really doesn't love me, he doesn't understand me, and my kids would be better off without me, because I'm not a good mother, you know, just what we call in recovery circles, that stinking thinking. I put on my robe and went into the kitchen. I shut the door to my the hallway so I wouldn't disturb my kids and started getting breakfast ready. I was slamming down the toaster with the toast in it, you know, and hitting the light on and just this anger. But if you had asked me if, if I was angry, I would have said, no, I'm not an angry person. As I was scrambling eggs, my little precious daughter came into the kitchen and just said mama what's for breakfast in her cute little voice and instead of responding to her in a loving kind way I just started gripping that skillet tighter and tighter and I just felt this I don't know a volcano inside of me and all of a sudden I just started beating this skillet on the stovetop over and over and screaming leave me alone and yelling it over and over as I was beating the skillet on the stovetop. Eggs were flying everywhere and it was like I went into this black hole. I can't even describe it. All of a sudden, I felt a pain in my arm. I don't, I think an egg got on me or something jarred me back to where I was and what I was doing. And I heard a whimpering and I looked over at my daughter and I didn't see her. I saw me as a child through the fear and the pain she was experiencing. I felt her pain. And then God very gently said to me, Kathy, you've become the very thing you've hated. And that broke me. That broke my heart. And I got on my knees. And asked God to forgive me for living life my own way, for having my daughter feel the same way I felt, and not believing him, not believing his word or believing who he says I am. And I began right then asking him, help me, show me what's wrong. What is wrong with me? Why am I doing this? But that morning, I I put the skillet down and went to my daughter and asked her, reached for her and said, can mama hug you and asked her forgiveness? You know, I said, mama was angry. I'm not angry at you. I'm so sorry I acted this way. And I was, you know, able to say to her something I wished I had always heard from my mom and dad. And I I believe that morning when I looked at my daughter I believe he began the process of opening a door to my childhood that I had totally shut off from myself and everyone around me. I, I went to AA thinking, oh, alcohol's my problem, you know, and tried that a while, and it was helpful, but it, I realized over time alcohol's not my problem. I've been missing God. I've not been surrendering my life to God and understanding what He wants. And so we began this journey. We found a beautiful little church and started going there. And the kids were learning a lot. My husband and I were growing in our relationship. We were learning a whole lot about the Lord and His truth. But I I wasn't sleeping. I I would get maybe two to three hours of sleep a night and would wake up and have just fear coursing through me. And before it was happening, but I would drink, and that would help me sleep a little longer. Well, now I wasn't drinking. We went to our pastor, and he said, I think you have a chemical imbalance, and so you might need to go to a psychiatrist. I just read this book. You might go to him. Or, you know, give him a call. And so I did, and they said it would be four months before I could see one of his associates that he was not taking any new patients. And so that was really difficult because we had prayed before we went to see our pastor and felt like this was the answer God gave us. And when they said no and it'd be at least four months, it just really threw me for a loop again you know i very young in my faith and um, my cousin happened to call me um, after I'd gotten off the phone about <laughs> a couple hours after I'd gotten off the phone with that psychiatrist office and she said you have been on my mind all morning all morning and I had to call you what is going on and uh, I said, I just, you know, I'm really struggling, been depressed, I'm not sleeping well. I was trying to get in to see this psychiatrist, and he's not taking new patients, and I can't see anyone else there for four months, and I'm just not functioning well. I'm just waking up with this fear every night, and I don't know Why? And she said, who is the psychiatrist you're trying to see? And I told her, and she said, oh, my goodness. Oh, oh, I've got to go. I'll call you back. And so my way of thinking was, oh, I bothered her. She's busy. She, you know, she didn't want to hear it. And then she called me back about an hour later and said, you have an a appointment with that psychiatrist at 9 a.m. tomorrow morning. And so um, we went to the psychiatrist who couldn't take any new patients.
1: Thank you for listening to part one of Kathy's story. You do not want to miss next week. What Kathy had to endure and how God showed up is nothing short of miraculous. Tune in next week for part two. We encourage you to ask Holy Spirit what He wants to say to you through this story. We invite you to partner with us through your God-given resources of time, prayer, and finances. Without your sharing, these stories don't spread to those who need them. Without your prayers, we are limited in what we can do for the kingdom. Without your finances, these powerful stories of God's supernatural love go untold. God has called us to share his stories, and we invite you to be a part of that mission. For more information, be sure to check out our website at theunseenstory.org. Thanks so much for listening.